As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Relief line of soft gels. Plus CBD Relief is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients, including CBD, CBDA, and Levagen plus PEA. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're reprising uh, a visit with uh, one of our favorite contributors. He's Dr. Richard Mann, CEO of O'Share Health Products. He's a podiatric physician and surgeon who specializes in nerve diseases of the feet and legs. And he has been very innovative because he's branched out into nutritional support for podiatric problems which is kind of unique. I mean, that's his claim to fame. He's an integrative podiatrist, and he developed a product called Zobria, which is a nutritional formula to rapidly and safely reverse nutritional deficiencies that are a leading and underrecognized cause of numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs, which is something that afflicts uh, tens of millions of Americans in one form or another. Now, what's interesting about today is we're not going to just rehash what we talked about last time we visited with Dr. Mann. There's some uh, new revelations about the potential for uh, Zobria. It's uh, the uh, nutritional formula and its active ingredients for another type of nerve problem, because guess what? There are nerves in your brain. And as we kind of foreshadowed, uh, Zobria might not just be good for your feet and legs, it might also be good for your brain. And Dr. Mann is going to share with us uh, some of the latest exciting developments on that front. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Mann, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Dr. Hoffman, for having me. Okay, well, you te- I, once again, re- uh, reprise for our audience uh, how you got into this, because uh, you, know, you are a board-certified uh, podiatrist, and uh, you deal with all manner of uh, foot problems. Uh, how did you get on to the idea that nutrition could make a difference for your patients? Well, um, nutrition makes a difference for everybody. Nutrition is highly important. I mean, your body runs on enzymes, and enzymes run on appropriate nutrients, and that's, a, uh, that's rather obvious. I had an experience in my practice where... I had a lady who was having significant difficulty with the nerves in her feet. She was having pain. She was having numbness. She was having shooting pains. And there really wasn't a lot that we could do for her other than give her medicines that suppress her nervous system. 
Yeah, it, it, excuse me. What what would be the conventional treatment? You know, absent uh, your nutritional innovation, what what is typically done for people who uh, have, say, say diabetics uh, or people with uh, various types of nerve impingement or peripheral neuropathy? What, what you know, they have. What, can you describe what the, what it's like for those patients and what do they receive as medication? Well, I don't like to use the term peripheral neuropathy because mm-hmm. it's a diagnosis that you have to make. But yep. um, I, I think um, it's appropriate to say that when there's nerve dysfunction and the nerves aren't functioning properly mm-hmm. in the feet and legs, um, you want to go ahead and do what you can to suppress pain. And to answer your question, um, suppress pain and increase the sensation. To answer your question, what's commonly done is a um, an anti-convulsant um, or an antidepressant is often given, and that suppresses the whole of the nervous mm-hmm. system. So if a patient comes to you with a lot of pain in their feet or um, disquieting sensations in their feet, um, you often give a medicine like that, and that suppresses the nervous system. That, that would be like Elevil or uh, Lyrica? Gab, Gab, or Gabapentin. Gabapentin. That is the mm-hmm. most commonly used uh, product along those lines. Otherwise known as Neurontin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, also you can give uh, analgesics. Some doctors give opioid analgesics. It depends on the extent or NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. It depends on the extent of the pain. And doctors get into the habit of treating people with uh, nerve dysfunction and nerve pain that way. Um, That's commonly uh, prescribed. Unfortunately, that doesn't do anything if the main symptom is numbness, numbness being a symptom where the nerves just stop functioning. If you're lucky, you have numbness as opposed to chronic pain Mm -hmm. because nerve nerve problems in the feet and legs uh, can present many, many ways. So it's common to go ahead and give uh, medicines that have significant adverse effects associated with them and um, suppress the nervous system, both mm-hmm. the central nervous system, the brain, etc., and the nerves to the feet and legs. The, the problem with that is if you have a nutritional issue, if your nerves aren't working properly because they're not getting the nutrients that they need to work properly, Suppressing the nervous system is not going to do mm-hmm. much of anything other than make you groggy. Right, uh, increasing like the chance for falls, increasing the chance for uh, you know even even cognitive problems. I mean, some of the older patients uh, they don't do well with medications that in effect sedate them. Right. That's, that's absolutely right, it's, and it is a big problem. And you get the cognitive issues. People start forgetting things, etc., mm-hmm. or people wanting to sleep more than mm-hmm. they had before. You know, what it's analogous to is, let's say a patient walks into your office and the patient's thirsty. They haven't had a drink of water for three or four days. And they're complaining to you about this pain that they're having and discomfort that they're having because they're they're parched. And you give them um, a medicine to suppress their nervous system. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Right. If the issue is that they haven't had any water, you give them water and they'll feel better. And that's what happens often with nerve problems in the feet and legs. If you have a decreased level of certain vitamins that cause the nerves in the feet and legs to work properly, and you're deficient or you have an insufficiency of them, the best way of handling it, and we find it very often helps dramatically, is to supply the nerves and the feet and legs with the nutrient that they're missing. Okay. Well, so you were describing a a case that 
awakened you to the possibility that nutritional intervention could be helpful? Yeah, I um, I had a pay- well, I, I practiced in South Florida where it's very seasonal. People leave in the summertime because it gets very hot. Snowbirds. I had a patient in about April, and um, let's call her Mrs. Smith, and she had a really ra- rather brutal uh, pain into the feet and legs. Our nerves were not working properly. We tried a bunch of things, including um, the uh, anticonvulsants and the uh, the um, the antidepressants, etc., and pain pills and NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like aspirin, analgesics like Tylenol. Nothing was really working for her, and she left because it was April, and she uh, came back in December. And I asked her how her feet was, how the nerve pain in her feet was, and she said, "Oh, that's that's fine, Doctor Man." And she asked me another question about her feet, and I stopped her. I said, "Well, these pains generally don't go away. What happened?" And she said, well, I went to, I was in Switzerland, and they gave me this stuff, and this stuff that my, my mm-hmm. problem was away. And I asked her the same question you would ask her, Dr. Hoffman, which was, what's the name of that stuff? <laughs> and uh, that started me on uh, a many-year um, research project where I researched the name of that stuff and how that stuff worked. And it turned out it was a very strong form of, vitamin B1 or thiamine, extremely safe, who was used in many, many countries all over the world, Japan and uh, Europe, etc. And um, it was used for nerve dysfunction. And um, after I assured myself of the safety, one of the things I did, because it really wasn't available in the States, one of the things I did is I consulted with um, people who were involved with the toxicology and pathology to make sure that there's, uh, there was no problem with respect to the safety issues. And it turns out that this is extraordinarily safe. I mean, extraordinarily safe. And I started using them on my patients, and we got some remarkable results, and they were consistent. You would give it to a patient, then within about a month's time, a, a large percentage of them would have significant improvement in their symptoms. And it turns out, in retrospect, that's because they were deficient in vitamin B1, or also known as thiamine, which is essential for proper nerve function. And to restore the level of vitamin B1 that they needed for the nerves to work properly, um, it took about a month's time. So, so, uh, excuse me, so some of our listeners are going to say, great, you know, I'll just go online, I'll go to Amazon, I'll go to the local health food store, and I'll get some vitamin B1, and, you know, we're done with it. Thanks very much for the information, Dr. Hoffman and Dr. Mann. Uh, what's wrong with that strategy? I don't, I, I don't think that they'll find that that will work. You need a special kind of vitamin B1 that's got uh, improved absorption mm-hmm. and has um, um, a higher rate of... Uh, it brings up higher levels of vitamin B1 in your blood. Normal levels of normally when you take vitamin B1, it's, it's got an absorption issue. There are problems with it being absorbed uh, appropriately. And if you find yourself uh, the type of people who tend to be vitamin B1 deficient are people who have absorption problems or other problems with vitamin B1. So if you take normal vitamin B1 that you get off the shelves, it probably won't help you very much. You need a, a much more highly bioabsorbable, bioactive form, which is the form that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and also in the Zobria formulation, I, I put other uh, another vitamin there, vitamin uh, B12, methylcobalamin, which is the preferred form of a vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. So you have a combination. 
what we're doing is we're, we're giving nutrition to help the nerves to work properly, and it seems to work rather well. Of course, people who have pernicious anemia or severe vitamin B12 deficiency, perhaps vegans who get no B12, uh, or people who have serious malabsorption problems, sometimes even people taking uh, proton pump inhibitors, which is a considerable percentage of the population, they have B12 deficiency. And one of the symptoms of B12 deficiency is numbness and tingling of the extremities, right? Just the B12 yeah. alone. Yeah, well, actually, that's the... the biggest uh, adverse effect associated with vitamin B12 deficiency. There are lots of different effects, but 50% of people who are B12 deficient present with uh, symptoms like we just described in the feet and legs, numbness, tingling, burning, etc. Um, and it's not only proton pump inhibitors. It's anything that you use if you've got GERD, you know, the acid reflux, mm -hmm. any of those products cause the... Uh, the chemistry of the stomach to change such that it blocks or inhibits absorption of vitamin B12. Also, what's very interesting is metformin, which is the most common yes. drug used in the treatment of diabetes um, I mean, around the world. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it inhibits the absorption of vitamin B12. That's very well known, but mm -hmm. the paper came out not too long ago showing that metformin also inhibits the absorption of vitamin B1. Oh. So you've got this parrot, this unfortunate um, coincidence that the medicine that is used most commonly for this terrible disease, diabetes, to control your blood sugar, it also blocks two nutrients that diabetics tend to be um, uh, deficient in, in, independent of what medicine they're taking. So it just exacerbates the uh, deficiency, the possibility of a deficiency. What's good about Zobri is if you take it, you know if it's going to work in a month. And if you if it works for you, you can look back and say, "Oh yeah, I was deficient in that." Also, what we find is that if you stop, if you if you um, had significant improvement with the functioning of your nerves, and you feel it because the numbness is not as bad and the pain is uh, significantly reduced. Uh, and you stop taking the uh, the pills, uh, the symptomatology often comes back within a month or two, usually about two months. That's because taking the Zobria doesn't do anything to repair the fact that you're not able to hold on to your vitamin B1 or B12. You just go back into deficiency. Most diabetics go into vitamin B1 deficiency uh, because they, uh, they urinate it out. The mechanism of the kidney doesn't uh, doesn't keep the vitamin B1 in the, in the, in the blood, in the plasma. And so we haven't done anything to repair that, and uh, just they just go back into uh, B1 deficiency, and um, that presents itself in about two months. If I'm not mistaken, the type of B1, the very special type that's in Zobria, is fat-soluble, that it therefore it has more of a, an affinity for the nerves which have uh, fatty membranes am I on the right track there because B1 is is water soluble and perhaps not as likely to be incorporated in the cells well actually the type of B1 that's used in Zobria it's called benfotiamine it's a uh, it's absorbed more successfully mm -hmm. because it's fatty soluble right. fat, fat solubility gets uh, it's much uh, easier to absorb than water, the water-soluble form of B1, mm -hmm. which is commonly the, the pills you take uh, from the uh, from the 
uh, vitamin store. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets absorbed much more rapidly and is converted into uh, water-soluble B1 once it's absorbed. Also, so there is some residual, uh, we suspect, of, uh, of that uh, chemical that gets into your body, that vitamin that gets into your body, and it would be absorbed more um, uh, easily by the by the nerves. Nerves are generally coated by a fatty membrane, um, a myelin sheath, and yes. the absorption is much improved. But there are transporter molecules on the nerves, etc. So I think the primary effect is from the really high levels of vitamin B1 that are, you're able to achieve in the blood, and um, it's extraordinarily safe. But there, there is an effect where the, uh, the nerves and other fatty tissues get a little bit better absorption because of the fat solubility of the, uh, the vitamin. And you, you have a consumer line. It's available to consumers. It's Zobria. You can find out about it at Zobria.com. Uh, yes. And if you enter the coupon code Hoffman at checkout, we've got a special offer to our Intelligent Medicine listeners to try it. You'll get 20% off your order. And you say that people should take it for a month or six weeks. And, you know, if it's going to work, it's going to work in that period of time. Generally, if it's going to work, it's going to work in a month's time, which is really quite remarkable. Um, and the reason that is is because it takes a month to restore the vitamin B1 levels. Uh, vitamin B1 deficiency is extremely common. It's much more common than um, is generally recognized. And it's very, very common in, in people who are diabetics. Uh, also, another group that uh, suffers from that dramatically are people who have a history of taking alcohol excessively. Mm-hmm. And it's not just people who are currently drinking a lot. It's people who have a history of having drank a lot in their, in their past. So I remember specifically I had a patient who was used to own a bar, and he drank alcohol heavily in the bar. And he hadn't drank in like 15 years because he was retired. He no longer owned a bar, but he had, you know, terrible nerve pain in his feet and legs. And... Um, he responded very, very well, and it turns out that the literature shows that the mechanism by which you absorb vitamin B1 from the intestines and the stomach after you swallow it is dependent on these uh, protein molecules called transporter molecules, and alcohol is toxic to them, and they don't regenerate very well. So. It's the lifetime use of alcohol that's of significance when looking at vitamin B1 deficiency. And um, so if you used to drink and you don't drink anymore, you develop pains in your feet and legs uh, that feel like nerve pain or numbness. It may very well be because of your history of, uh, of having drank too much. You know, um, that's just an unfortunate uh, fact. The alcohol is treated as a toxin. It's one of the first things that the liver detoxifies. So, um, and if you have what I described, which is burning, tingling, numbness, or shooting pains in your feet and legs, you don't want to drink alcohol. I mean, you want to drink mm-hmm. as little as possible. It's easy to tell people to stop drinking. It's not right. not that easy for people to comply, but alcohol is toxic to the nerves. And if you have this, whether or not the cause of your vitamin B1 deficiency is alcoholism in the past or many other things like elderly people or somebody who's a diabetic, etc., um, if you have that, it, you should minimize how much you drink, how much alcohol you drink. Indeed. You know, what you mentioned about, uh, you know, thiamine for alcoholics, 
Uh, I remember very well, you know, going back, you know, 30, 40 years when I was in my medical training that uh, we would see a lot of alcoholics because I practiced at uh, the Manhattan VA hospital. And literally, we would get folks off uh, Skid Row, off the Bowery, uh, many of whom were homeless alcoholics. And uh, they came in in pretty sad shape. And the first thing we did was we gave them a shot of thiamine because there is a condition of the brain called Wernicke's encephalopathy, which is you know poor diet plus alcohol results in profound thiamine deficiency. And in a sense, we'd wake them up with injections of thiamine. You know, so that was you know uh, med- established medical knowledge even when I was a medical student decades ago. Yeah, that, that's really well studied, and um, it's uh, the Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. It often presents as a medical emergency. It's like a psychosis. They walk in, and uh, IV thiamine or and other vitamins, but primarily IV thiamine, is is used to reverse that. Although uh, many times it's, uh, it leaves permanent damage. But vitamin B1 is essential for the functioning of nerves. And uh, the uh, the nerves of the brain are affected uh, affected quite dramatically by B1 deficiency, as are the nerves of the feet and legs. But they don't get it doesn't get as much attention. And uh, yes, uh, Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, uh, which you described, is uh, is a, a medical emergency that uh, vitamin B1 or IV thiamine is uh, is used to uh, reverse it. So logically enough, we might suspect that, uh, you know, although this is beneficial for the nerves in the feet and legs, hey, the brain is concerned, uh, consists of nerves, and there's a potential for thiamine to uh, improve cognitive performance, uh, especially in people who are aging, suffer from malabsorption, maybe they have a history of too much alcohol. And uh, along comes this amazing new study that you shared with us. Headline, NIH awards $45 million, $45 million to fund study on the active ingredient that happens to be in Zobria and Alzheimer's disease. This is a, an NIH study, National Institutes of Health, and it's, it's being performed uh, right here in New York at a prestigious neurological institute, the Burke Neurological Institute, which uh, studies therapies for neurological diseases, you know, all manner of neurological diseases, including dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And so uh, we're going to tease to part two in which uh, you'll tell us a little bit about uh, that study. Uh, Very exciting development because it's something we might have predicted from uh, understanding how uh, Zobria works on the nerves. Okay. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Stay tuned for part two with Dr. Richard Mann. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.